Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Daily Gospel Exegesis podcast. For those who are new, in this podcast, we look at the gospel reading from today's Catholic Mass, and we really dive into the, the literal sense of the text. So, what was the original author trying to get at? And we look at the culture and the history and the sociology and the language which is used in the text. So, we're really getting into studying the Bible in an academic way, but from a Catholic perspective, and that's called analysing the literal sense of the text. For those who've been listening for a while, thank you so much for your support. I hope you're getting a lot out of it. Based on the feedback that comes through via email, so many people's understanding of the gospel has been radically changed through this podcast, and so I'm incredibly grateful, and all the glory goes to God, that this podcast has helped people in their journey of faith. I would ask you to continue sharing this podcast around so that more and more people can hear it. Anyone you think who would be interested in the Bible or a Catholic who wants to know their faith better, then please consider sharing this podcast with them. If you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave a rating. All of these things will help more and more people hear this podcast. And there's not many podcasts out there like this that every single day produce an exegesis of the daily gospel from a Catholic perspective. Um, It's quite unique in that way. If you have any feedback or you have any questions, then please send it through to logicalbiblestudy at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you, particularly if you've been listening for a while. Tell me how you found the podcast, what you like about it. I'd love to hear from each and every one of you. You can also leave a voice recording on the website if you would like to, and all of that information is in the show notes. So please get involved in the ministry. You can become a Patreon supporter too, and there's bonus episodes available, um, lots of additional exegesis and theology stuff available through the Patreon page. Please consider partnering with us in that way. Let's have a look at today's gospel reading. It's a bit of a shorter one. John chapter 16, verses 20 to 23a. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you most solemnly, you will be weeping and wailing while the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. A woman in childbirth suffers because her time has come. But when she has given birth to the child, she forgets the suffering in her joy that a man has been born into the world. So it is with you. You are sad now, but I shall see you again, and your hearts will be full of joy, and that joy no one shall take from you. When that day comes, you will not ask me any questions. So it's a reasonably straightforward reading today, but let's spend a bit of time going through phrase by phrase here. So what's the context? It's around about the time of the Last Supper. Jesus is giving the farewell discourse to the apostles, and that spans quite a few chapters. At this point, it appears they're walking towards the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus has just told the apostles in the previous passage, A little while and you will see me no more. Again a little while and you will see me. So that was the phrase he gave them, and the apostles were quite confused, and they asked him some questions about what that means. So we get to verse 20 today. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you most solemnly, so he's about to say something really important that he wants them to understand, you will be weeping and wailing 
Now, the time period Jesus is referring to here is his crucifixion. Jesus says that when he's crucified, the apostles will mourn because their messianic hopes are dashed. They believe that Jesus was the Messiah, but part of their belief system was that the Messiah was going to be a victorious military leader, not one who is going to die. So when Jesus dies on the cross, they're shattered because they believe that they were wrong about Jesus. He's not the Messiah. And also they're sad because they've lost their leader. They did not expect that to happen. And Jesus is predicting that that is what their reaction is going to be. It's important to realize how much prophecy Jesus gives all through the farewell discourse. He predicts exactly what's going to happen in the coming days. They don't understand that Jesus will rise again. Even though Jesus has been predicting it all throughout his ministry, they don't believe it or they don't realize what he's talking about. So when he dies, they're quite sad. Jesus says, but the world will rejoice. In the Gospel of John, the world is like people in general in rebellion against God. And it often refers particularly to the Jewish leaders. Jesus says that when he dies, when he disappears, the world and the Jewish leaders will rejoice because Jesus has caused them so much trouble, particularly the Jewish leaders, and now he's dead. And also because Jesus' message has been convicting the world of its sin and they don't want to hear that anymore. So when he dies, they rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. So Jesus here predicts that the apostles will be sorrowful for a while, for a couple of days, but then they will be joyful once more when they realize that Jesus has in fact been resurrected. And you can see that on Easter morning when they start to realize what's happened. Verse 21, Jesus now gives this little analogy. A woman in childbirth suffers because her time has come. But when she has given birth to the child, she forgets the suffering in her joy that a man has been brought into the world. So Jesus is just using kind of a common analogy at that time. Everyone knows what the basic process is when a woman gives birth. It's quite painful, but then she's joyful. So he refers to this and then he's going to say, in the same way, you as the apostles will experience a similar thing. The main point of this little analogy is that it's through great suffering that joyful and wonderful things are born. That's the main point of it. Verse 22, so it is with you. You are sad now, but I shall see you again and your hearts will be full of joy. So that's the parallel. They're sad now, but through that great suffering, something joyful will be produced. In fact, through Jesus' death, something amazing happens, which is his resurrection. When Jesus appears to them on Easter Sunday in the locked room, the apostles are quite fearful at first. They're not sure what to make of it, but gradually it turns to joy because they realize that their master is alive and that he was, in fact, the Messiah and the Son of God all along. And you can see that in the last couple of chapters of the Gospel of John when Jesus appears to them. And that joy no one shall take from you. So after the apostles realize that Jesus has resurrected and that he's with them, they carry that joy with them for the rest of their lives. And you can see that in the book of Acts in particular. It's a kind of supernatural joy of divine communion. They realize what Jesus has achieved on the cross and through the Holy Spirit, they're able to remain in a special spiritual communion with him. Verse 23, when that day comes... And Jesus here is probably talking about the time period when the apostles realize that Jesus is resurrected. You will ask nothing of me. 
What does this mean? Well, if you read through the entire farewell discourse, the apostles have been asking Jesus many questions, particularly about where he's going, his relationship with the Father. They don't understand, so they've been asking him a lot of questions. When Jesus here says, when that day comes, you will ask nothing of me, the implication appears to be that when Jesus appears to them after his resurrection, the apostles will no longer be confused about these things. With the help of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, they will understand everything Jesus has been saying because they realize Jesus is resurrected and it will all make sense to them. Not that they'll understand everything about everything, but that they will understand the basic nature of Jesus' resurrection. And you can see that promise in chapter 16, verse 13, when Jesus says the spirit of truth will guide them in their understanding later on. You can see this phrase fulfilled quite literally on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. So here Jesus says, when that day comes, you will ask nothing of me. If you go to John 21, when Jesus appears on the shore while they're fishing, and Peter runs back and the apostles meet him on the shore, Jesus appears to them and he cooks them breakfast. And then there's that strange phrase where it says, the apostles knew who he was, but none of them dared ask him who he was. So it's this strange kind of thing where they don't want to ask him questions. And so you could consider that to be a fulfillment of this prediction here. So that is chapter, uh, sorry, verse 23, part A. And in the next little bit of this, in tomorrow's exegesis, we'll look at verse 23, part B onwards. There's no catechism references for this passage today. It's just a short one. Hopefully you learned something new. Thank you for tuning in. And please keep this ministry in your prayers and share it around.